I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we are live on a Sunday, ready to do some podcasting. You can find us everywhere you find podcasts. Just search the Blackout Tips. Leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We didn't get any last week. And we know y'all are just trying to keep us humble, but we're ready to get loved on again. Okay? We are. We Don't are. make us beg. I'm like Michael Jordan. I took that personally. I'm like, <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all out there, all these listeners out there, and nobody, I mean... I mean, I'm looking at you, uh, United States and overseas. I mean, if you leave them anywhere in the world that allows you to, because you know some countries they like mm, Apple. Um, um, you can listen, but what you can't do is leave reviews. So if your country allows you to leave reviews, leave us a review, update your review. If you left one a while ago and you like, you know what? I want to give Rod and Karen some more love. Let us do it. And if you left a review and you go, it ain't been posted. Um, Apple is like you. You put you said something on the naughty words list, so you have to be creative and use like stars and dollar signs sometimes to get things across. But if you do like we can read context, let us know. I want the love. Yes, we need the love, guys. Come on. Well, what's going on, everybody? What is happening? What is happening? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Um, all right. But you can also leave feedback a bunch of other ways. You can leave comments on our website. Each episode has a post on our website. You can leave comments underneath that. We have uh, a YouTube uh, page, The Blackout Tips. You can go on there. You can leave comments under our videos on YouTube. The links for all of the contact stuff is in the show notes. There's other ways, voicemails, a bunch of stuff. The email address is all right there. Thank you for the people that take the time out to do that. We appreciate y'all. The official weapon of the show is... A taser? An unofficial sport. And bullet ball extreme, extreme. Um, and uh, let's see. What I don't even really have like a specific set of things to talk about today. I think we can just kind of talk, um, mm-hmm. about stuff. But you know, I like to add the music thing, so I know where to put the ads. So here's okay, the first ad. Uh, <laughs> coming up. Here's <laughs> it. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, but nah, we uh uh since this music loads, we're gonna get to the ads, all right. Um, but uh, I think the first segment is just gonna be us talking about mm-hmm. current events. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. Um, so I was reading this article, like I said, it's a little more conversational. I'm in New York. I'm not, uh, reading all the articles. I don't have all the segments written out for you, but 
I saw this thing happening on social media the last, I don't know, few days. I don't know if you've seen this too, Karen. You may not have. Uh, okay, me and Bossy have been texting about it and stuff. But mm-hmm. there was this another black woman therapist. And this time. Separate she, from the first one? Yeah, separate from I the thought, first one. Okay, I thought, okay, so they're talking about a brand new lady. Because I was like, I, I was thinking my head, ain't this a retread? What is happening here? But this this is a whole nother different lady. Okay, I didn't know all the details, but I was here, you know, I've been looking and I just been seeing people upset about a therapist. I was like, what, what's going on? I was like, I thought we already did this. Are y'all going back, put up old shit and rehashing it because you're bored? So this is a whole different lady. Okay, thank you for keep, thank you for updating me. Yeah, I kind of went through a similar thing, too, and I wasn't paying that much attention to it because I said, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I mean, I doubt anyone's mind has changed over the first one, but, you know, I thought it was right. kind of silly that she did that video in the first place and, you know, and I, her trying to act like she was being some type of martyr. For, right. Like, it's like, like, people was like, hey, doll, you can't be doing this, like... Even if you feel like that, do, do do that shit and just do it. People yeah. ain't got to know your reasons why behind it. Yeah, and it's the empowerment that you get from social media because they're almost always on your side, and until right. they're not, so they so until they're not, and so then you you know you share stuff. They tell you you're right and you're the best and you're the greatest, and it just get and and you know, and I'm sure you get involved in certain segments of social social media where they mostly agree with you. So it just becomes like a. A eventuality that you're gonna have a day where you're off or your reach goes beyond just the people that agree with you and next thing you know you're fighting a bunch of motherfuckers that you know maybe you you shouldn't you wouldn't have to fight if if it wouldn't have got that big you know so right apparently this therapist um said she was no longer gonna treat men as clients um and it just went super viral you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, there's, of course, people who are like, what the fuck do you mean you're not going to treat men? Um, you know, the mixed messaging of men need to get therapy, but also, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, this woman's also like, but not for me, <laughs> you know, like um, with her whole credentials next to it and stuff. So then you got people mm-hmm. that are, you know, accusing her of discrimination. Um, you got people that... Um, are saying that it's specifically about black men, even though she did say men, there was an earlier point where she said um, she doesn't take white people as clients. So people kind of put two and two together and said, well, if you don't take (laughs) white people as clients, yeah, and then you say not taking black, It's only men and, you know, women and other, like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you, I'm assuming women and others in your group, so you eliminate men. Yeah, and I think it's coming at, becoming a social media thing too, where like it's people. You have to back your group because most of the people I've seen that have her back heavily are going to be, of course, other black women. Some of them being in the industry too, which you know is a little bit interesting there because you you know what does this say about you know their treatment of of people that aren't black women when it comes to therapy but then also like it's interesting because a lot of professional black women have been against her point and been like why are you sharing this i'm not even saying you couldn't private it's a private practice you don't have to treat anyone you don't want to 
I just don't see what the point of declaring this was because you know it's going to lead to people looking at your license, looking at your history. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was interesting to see the same people that were like against that chef, whatever his name was, the dude that Mm -hmm. was also working in a public facing office uh, as as like an assistant DA or something. And people were like, we don't know if he's been given dark skinned black women harsher penalties than other women and stuff, which we don't know. And, and you have to, to me, I know that a lot of people think that's silly and you can, you know, debate that point. I don't think it is silly at all. I, that's a very valid point, right? Because of your position and what you do. The shit he was saying on social media was fucked up and silly. So, right. I, I mean, you hope, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't vouch for a nigga like that. I'd be like, y'all should look at every last case he did and see if maybe yes, there's sir. some bias there. Um, now, like I said, we don't know, but is valid and i felt the same way when that woman was a therapist and she was on tiktok and she started talking about black men and, and stuff and i'm like yeah i mean you're putting your face there those people know who their therapist is right um it's not hard to imagine that you know this can reach back to your clients and for what point really social media clout like you know and they're talking about their clients like they're dating them or something like you know like it's right. a relationship and I also think about like what does it mean for someone's right to privacy because right. you know when you start talking in certain generalities and it gets more and more specific it's it's not that hard to make you know the the the, the connections or whatever not saying they should go seek these people out or seek her out but it's just very possible and you, you can see why her practice decided to get rid of her because at the end of the mm-hmm. day nobody really wants somebody working for them that their priority is their own social media brand more than the company brand. It's just, it, that's just facts. Right. Um, it, it, and it's very unprofessional. And the thing about social media, most things on social media are unprofessional, which means they can say and do whatever the fuck they want without any consequences, repercussions, nothing's going. That's why a lot of people don't use their real face, don't use their real names and all that shit because they want to be able to say what they want to say and not have any of that shit follow them back. And what do they do? They pump you up. You go out here like a motherfucking fool, put your name and your face and say it with your chest and then are shocked when the repercussions and consequences come behind that. Yeah, and I think if you don't want to do it or you feel unsafe or you, I don't, I think that's totally valid that you don't want to do it. I think it's the the expressing of that on the social media that's going to invite all these extra eyes and opinions. And mm-hmm. it, and and so my most cynical part of me thinks, okay, that first therapist went viral with something similar. This therapist might have just been like for clout or to go viral or whatever i'm gonna do something similar and blow and it's gonna blow up you know like nobody can make her do anything so she don't have to do this uh go and but you know you can go on social media and see responding to every tweet at this part you know at them uh getting you know retweeting everybody that agrees you know where it become like it's becoming its own social it's not like a oh man, I I hit a nerve. Let me back down. It's a I'm a triple down, double down, and everyone that agrees with me, I'm a interact with you as well. So, you know, um, and of course it feeds into the already gender divide where it's not really about this person's job. It's not really about uh what happened in to any of that. It's it becomes about like 
you know, black men are the worst. And of course, anything that you say that is negative about a black man is correct. Like is there's no verification needed. We don't need to see if you're on the up and up. We don't need to see ask why you did it, question your motives. It's just, yeah, you said some bad shit about niggas and that's what we do all day. So we're on your side regardless. And I'm like, okay, but the principle of it, forget gender for a second as far as like being within or without the group of this person. If this was just like an Asian lady saying this, I feel like people would be opposite. They wouldn't be like, yeah, you can demagogue black men and say that they're all dangerous and you will never take them as a client because they're going to threaten you and 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 you need to set boundaries and die. people would be like, "Bitch, what the fuck are you talking about?" Like when when that woman was in job. the yeah, when that woman was in the park saying that dude was threatening her while bird watching this shit. Nobody was like, "Well, black men do be dangerous." It was like, "This is a white woman going caring." You know, like it is interesting, like when people are allowed to demagogue a whole group like this, you know, like, and I don't really fuck with it when it's black men saying the shit about black women either. Like, you've never seen me mm-hmm. come on here and be like, well, you know, black women do be like, no, if you say some, if it was a black man, he was a therapist saying something about black women being too aggressive or some shit during therapy and he ain't taking on black women clients. I would not be I'd be on here talking shit about his bitch ass too you know what I mean like like I think I just think it's not valuable what people are doing and I think at this point I have to wonder after seeing how bad it went for other people are you just trying to capitalize off of how bad it is like I know I can say this and I know I can blow up kind of yeah I I, I think it is and (laughs) somebody said this a while ago, I was into a podcast. I think it may be a podcast. They were talking about therapy and therapist things like that, and and or, or they were mentioning they were going to a therapist, and they were saying the thing is they were saying that they don't see a therapist that doesn't have a therapist, and because they was like, uh, yeah, they deal with a lot too, and they're human beings, and so they actually need somebody to talk to and to flesh out their insecurities and all this shit they bring into the table too. They're not perfect either. They're not perfect human beings either. Because the thing is, no matter how much you know, no matter what what rules and regulations you know, you also are human beings. Because it's the same thing of you know doctors. You know, they know. Uh, uh, certain types of drugs and you know alcoholism they know these things are real in these people but you know what they are in this professional profession and you know what there are these people who do all the drugs do all the alcohol even though they know even though they treat people even though they seen what can happen because they're human beings it, it, you're not immune for falling into the traps of just being a human being even though you know all the right words you got all of the degrees that is irrelevant to these things. And this is an example of somebody who is doing the shit and, you know, and, and they themselves, if they seen their client doing something like this would be like, I don't think you should do this. Yeah. I think also it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because you say something like this it, it, to, to the broader internet, <clears throat> social right. media in general, you attract the this the people who are involved in these fights you attract attention from the people that want to troll you and then you can use those people to be like and see i was right this is what men are they they threatened me or someone said something to me um and it doesn't matter how many other people who are professionals how many other people who are black women it doesn't matter who disagrees with you they become incels they become pick me's there's no in between there's nobody that's just like i've i've seen 
the biggest sentiment I've seen expressed about this from other professionals is I understand, but it also was very unprofessional to put this on social media. And it's not really helpful for you or the discourse or the people you claim to be wanting to help. And those people are then dismissed as either pick solution to anything. Those people are either dismissed as like pick me's or incels or something like that. And that's so weird to me. Um, also there are tools if you truly feel like you're in danger and this is something that I've you know I had to experience this from somebody to truly grasp like oh some people are embellishing the threats to themselves you know shout out to um, shout out to conflict is not abuse Uh, you know I mention that book often it's great read but um, like so for example if somebody was threatening me at my job I've got HR, I've got the police, I've got, uh, you know, like, depending on where the threat is coming from, you can escalate to the FBI, I could go buy me a gun, I can do a bunch of shit, but if my, if the first thing you catch me doing is going on Twitter to tell you about it, that actually normally puts people in more danger, you know, it, it, like, it very rarely does it act, like, you know, you can go, I'll just say I was in a situation once where something similar happened and I went to like see like what do you do about this, you know? And one of the first things from like, I want to say it was like the FBI or somebody was like, the first thing you want to do is not engage with them. Like you don't go on your podcast and, and yell about them. You don't tell everybody in the world on Twitter how threatened you feel, the unsafe you feel. It was like they want that. It escalates the violence. It escalates the threat. Um, and they're like, for the most part, 90% of the shit will go away if you just ignore the shit. You know what I mean? Yes. And in this case, because it's her private practice, she could just be like, I'm not taking these clients. It's not. There's not even like a, a step between where she got to like do something. She could just be like, I don't do these type of clients. No one has to know you don't take these clients, right? Like no one's coming behind you to check to make sure you had the right number. There's no quotas to fill. So it to me, my red flag goes up because I'm like, oh, this is content. And so the reason I think about this is because literally right before we came on the show, there's this article in the Washington Post and it's called Your Therapist on TikTok. Will your therapy session end up there too? And I think that's where we're going. Like the right to privacy and the patient, client, confidentiality, I think it's going away. It's already gone away on one side of my opinion because I think too many people who are in therapy will literally go on social media and share their therapy for content and sometimes mm-hmm. crossing lines like, you know, to where I'm like, man, I, I wouldn't have told people that shit. Or, you know, where it's like, you know, I told my therapist that, you know, every time – I see my mama, I slap her in the face and they told me stop. And so I'm getting a new therapist and I'm like, yeah, I don't know why you shared that. <laughs> yeah. and, and and also is one of the things where, how can I say this? Laws are slow. Laws are slow to catch up. Mm-hmm. And yes, you have this thing that says this, but it's going to take somebody fucking suing a therapist to say, shut the fuck up. And everybody gonna be like, oh, 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 I can't be doing this right. Yeah, it's just I it only you. A lot of this stuff I is didn't e- you to share my business. Well, it's just a lot of this stuff is either live or it's your personal brand or you just you're a human being. You could slip up 
it don't take much for somebody to like put something together or realize it's about them or for you to actually accidentally say some identifying information that puts you in a bind where a person has a legal right to be like you can you should not have done that to me um not to mention you know with social media you can go on like it's not all just videos and tiktok some of it's like reddit you know, like when you see an M out of asshole or something, you can give away somebody's identifying information. But also, like, I don't want to look up and see my therapist using my content, using my my session for content. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just wasting some shit that this this traumatizing me. Some shit that I'm actually going through. Some shit that I'm actually dealing with. Have cried. Have processed. We actually trying to make me a better fucking human being, and you out here going, ha 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 ha, bitch! I will punch you in the goddamn face. It's not funny, and it's not a motherfucking joke. And Don't I think, do it. I think, and I'm not trying to say like every therapist on social media is bad or right. they all have bad intention. I, I really don't think so. I just think it opens up the the. At some point, there's gonna have to be a social media policy or something about ethics that comes up that's gonna have to be like normalized within the industry because i think there the social media is not designed for people's best minds and health and it's not designed for that it's designed for you to go viral it's designed for salaciousness it's designed for flattening of discussions to black and white things and most importantly um it's is it's not designed for privacy it's the opposite of privacy <laughs> And a therapy session is typically should be private on kind of both ends to a certain extent. Like even when you see people talk about their therapist, they don't be like, it's Janet Brewer of such and such practice on a street. Like you don't say that because you know that that's, you know, like you're putting too much out there, but there's right. nothing to really truly stop somebody from doing that shit and vice versa. Um, and so I think it started as like, or it was supposed to be intended as therapy. We're all talking about therapy to destigmatize mental illness, to destigmatize mental health and getting help, right? That's what we were supposed to be doing. But if you think someone talking about I will not take this type of client is it's not it's no it's stigmatizing at this point it's stigmatizing a whole race of people it's stigmatizing a whole gender of people it's it's stigmatizing um their mental health issues it's right. not the therapist is if for some people it's justification on why they don't go when it's actually something that they actually need yeah and it's also like the therapist showing their own lack of 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 either ethics or uh conflict resolution or coping or whatever because you're showing you're telling us your thing as a so you can get a pat on the back for it you're not telling because if you were securing this shit you're not gonna be tweeting with these motherfuckers all day going back and forth with each person and this is the thing i've been there so i think i'm speaking from experience when you see somebody going back and forth with people regardless it's it's in them too. They don't like it. And it, it took me you a long time to see it myself where I would be like, I'm fine. It's not bothering me. Well, then why the fuck am I talking to this person all day? Like, mm -hmm. why am I going back and forth with this person that I claim doesn't matter? Cause you know what I normally do when somebody doesn't matter? I just ignore them and keep moving. So that, so ain't that the truth? Yeah. If yeah you, and, and, it's, and, it's Chris Rock not wanting to say he was a victim, but wanting to shit on victims. That's really what it is. If you are one of these motherfuckers that's out here fighting over your points every day, yeah, it's you too, nigga. It's not one. Is a wise it's man don't argue with fools, sided. you know? Yeah, it's not one sided, and everybody wants to think that they are above it. There's nobody, 
Nobody listening to the sound of my voice is above it. Everybody could get caught in the loop, in the matrix. You really can. And until you open your eyes, you'll be like, oh, I'm part of the problem and tap out. You will continue to go through a circle. So what happened online, you'll get outraged. You'll get out there. You'll start posting. You'll start arguing. you start uh, 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 having all these confrontations. And you do it for days. You do it for weeks on the same thing until the next thing come up. And then it's a wash, rinse, and repeat. And then you're wondering why all of a sudden you're stressed out. Why all of a sudden you're angry all the time. Why you're sad. Why you're depressed. Why you're going through this range of emotions that you can't, that you feel like you have no control over when you, when actually you have control over the thing, these, your actions. But a lot of people, they don't want to make, or they don't see the connections because that shit online rolls into your real motherfucking life. Your spouse, your significant other, your family, your friends, your kids are going to be like, hey, something wrong with you. Your personality has changed because I know because the shit has happened to me. So I'm not speaking to somebody that has not experienced this shit before. Anybody get caught up in a loop. And so like Roger said, I, everybody has their boundaries. I know what my boundaries is. And uh, my lines are really, really hard. A lot harder than Roger's. I'm like, oh, you stupid? You on stupid time? Oh, what the fuck I'm talking to you for? I'll motherfucker tap out. You know, like, and y'all have talked to Roger, and Roger had to tell me to calm down because words mean things. So when I read the shit, I'm like, what are they talking about? What do they mean? And he has to tell me, okay, that's not what they mean. I'm like, okay. Because I see, see, see I'm kind of old school tone. I like to hear your words. I, I like tones and context and shit like that matters to me. And a lot of people will not admit they have personalities like me where they misread shit and, and, and misinterpret shit and misread tone and then go online and act a motherfucking fool versus asking somebody what, what this means. I can't, I know I'm not the only one that has that problem. I think know? most people don't assume the best of people whenever there's a disagreement or conflict or just another point of view. I think also, but what I'm talking about is like professionally as well, doctors and professionals like this, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, all this, they've shared about patients in the for in the past, but it's always been in like journals and shit. Like right. if they were writing a book where you had to get certain permissions and has to pass an editor, it wasn't you hop out of the fucking third the therapy session and you just mad about something a client said or did and you're like how come why are men or whatever the fuck like that's different and i think when we're blurring the professional and personal lines because you're on your own social media using your profession for clout like part of your authority is that you have this in your handle is look at me i'm a professional blank you know what i'm saying and it's like well now the ethics of that industry kind of follow you out the door whether you want it to or not most people who are in your industry most people who are professionals are looking at you going we were taught not to do this <laughs> like right this, like, is, this is against everything like if you want to you bitch know, about your patience i mean if you want to bitch about your patience you go have a drink at happy hour and you find another therapist and then you bitch about them you're not supposed to turn the camera and it's not and look any camera well, you got to put on 30, 40 minutes, an hour of makeup before you can even turn the camera at yourself. It's a it's a platform. It's not a you know what I mean? It's not actually like you talking with a friend in your house. Like no matter how much you try to make it feel like I remember when I was doing TikTok videos on um, on who was a coon uh, on the coolender. Every morning I had to think for a second, like, wait, what did I wear? two days is it too early to wear this shirt again like because i'm i'm just like you it's not real you're not real like it's not real in that like like i'm just walking down the street talking to a homie i'm actually doing a bit of a performance and 
they want to have it both ways is I'm just a human being that's just out here like y'all. I'm setting boundaries. And it's like, no, you're performing. You're performing boundaries. You're not setting your setting a boundary is doing what you did. Um, performing a boundary is telling all of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're inviting because because uh, whether you want to call it that or not, if you're on social media, you're inviting a conversation. You're not. Yes, you are. It's not and a monologue. You it whether you want it or not. Yeah, it ain't a monologue, dog. So the implicit mm-hmm. thing of sharing it on a sharing site is that people are gonna share their opinions with you, and then you get to kind of play the victim of it, but. Yeah, I just I, I thought this article was just so interesting because I really do wonder if this is where we're at is like we've gone past demystifying therapy to like showing why motherfuckers need it. <laughs> yes, e- even the therapist. Yeah. Everybody needs therapy. <laughs> even the people that are high professional licenses need a therapist themselves because the shit that they have to deal with is a lot also. Yeah, so, I mean, and of course, you know, you might, I think you could use it to maybe try to get clientele and stuff, but it seems more like therapists are on there trying to be like influencers and like everybody else. They're not, it doesn't seem like they're really on there trying to be like, you know, let me, let me tell y'all about why therapy is good anymore. You know what I'm saying? It seems right. more like I. this is how I feel about things. This is my brand. This is what separates me from other therapists. It's not just a, like, you know, general conversation anymore. It's getting very specific to each person. Yeah, yeah. And also, there. and the thing is, there are therapists that are like, hey, you know what? I have a client. You know, we sit down. We work through, you know. And now, you know, you know, they're doing much better, blah, 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 blah. There are therapists that are out there that actually talk about it from that perspective. There are therapists that are out here doing the work, that they're trying to reach people and things like that. And you know what they don't do? Go viral. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Everybody go, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But but you don't see them trending on every fucking social media platform and shit like that. Well, you can't really like, that ain't contr- the shit that get you rolling. You can't even really control that. You really no. can't control who goes viral or not, you know? So it's not like there's people that are trying to go viral that are probably saying the wilder shit than the shit we've seen. And there's people that have gone viral that probably have said more tame things. I mean, look at how big therapy for black girls is, you know? I think, mm-hmm. yeah, they they don't they're not out there saying salacious shit and like i ain't treating no black men and shit like that but they Mm. you know they got a big brand so it's you know like there's really no control over what catches on and what doesn't like you don't know that when you're saying it but that's kind of inherent to the danger of it is that you don't know so (laughs) you know um and 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 let's be frank if you're if you're recording you do want it to go viral you do want people to see it so being that you don't know what will happen it makes it kind of dangerous because what when something does take off the implicit part of the implicit like agreement or the implicit uh intonation inside of us is to be like i would like that to happen again i would like that to happen to me and so i'm connecting it you know somewhat you know haphazardly but i'm connecting this to that other woman when she said that shit it blew up news articles covered her even if they were saying she was stupid or bad she was her brand blew up and she's now currently still trying to like be on that brand i saw her using this as as content the other day so what i'm saying is like there must be some part of you that's like fuck maybe that's what i gotta say i'm i'm no longer fucking with me and his clients cool okay this is the one that blew up finally you know what i'm saying like like now everyone's writing the articles about me now the washington post is putting out an article about will 
will your therapy session end up on TikTok, you know? Right. And so, like we were saying before, and, you, and we both kind of touched on it, the, 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 the hand of laws is slow. And, you know, the rules and regulations are slow. But within the next maybe year or two, and even shorter than that, depending on how well the therapy people are, mm-hmm. like the bosses follow this shit, they're going to be like, hey, stop this bullshit. We got yeah. a new policy. Don't be putting bullshit online. You Unless will see you talk this. about something positive, stop this bullshit because we don't want the guess who get the phone calls, particularly if you work for a network. We get the motherfucking phone calls and complaints about y'all. Stop it. Yeah, I think you will see that at some point. I just think it's wild, wild west right now. And so this 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 was not something that people that created TikTok and Instagram and shit really saw coming. Like therapists using their shit for their brands. I think you know, this is why the internet and social media is just so weird because it's it's as big as the 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 framework is as big as the imagination of the people who make it. But then the people who come on it and use it are have there are many more diverse type of minds and whether yes. it's and QAnon, it whether it's incels, huh? I say and it could turn to something completely different than what the intended creator designed it for. Yeah, whether it be QAnon or it be incels or it be feminist or it be fucking Kevin Samuels ass niggas, it's always somebody just that wasn't in the room when this stuff was created and that you didn't even think about needing guardrails against or for, and then they're using your platform and you're building this, constructing this bridge as it's, as it, as you're literally people are walking over it. Um, uh, yeah, and they in this in, in this uh, article, my conversation pieces on TikTok are so ambiguous and open that they could be anybody. Uh, said this uh, one TikTok therapist who is uh, what was her name? Um, something white. Uh, um, Jessa White. So she has like she's she's huge. She has I want to say three million. She has 170,000 followers on TikTok. Some of her videos have been viewed more than 3 million times. And she says, I've never made a TikTok, made a TikTok based on or inspired by an actual client session unless its impact was extremely far reaching, which I don't even know what that means. Like once it, that's an arbitrary thing you decided, you know? Or actually, no, she didn't say that. Licensed doctoral therapist Courtney Tracy said that. She has 1.8 million followers on tiktok so she's saying unless his impact was extremely far reaching i wouldn't use it but what does that fucking mean who decides when, when like when you're in my session are you going mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Ooh, wait a minute hold on say that again i need to write that down for my tiktok later like what is like what what does that mean what's far reaching and how do you make that decision based on what i'm saying um they also say they sign people to confidentiality to uh consent forms and that the information isn't identifiable but once again there's no real standard here there's no one auditing this mm-hmm. to check you know um and uh and and once again like what am i signing if i'm in a therapy session and you're like okay sign this form sign this form i'm just gonna sign it i don't know i'm literally signing over for you to be putting me out on tiktok like that you know i won't say your name but anyway this this big ass nigga was crying in my office the other day and it's like that was me i'm the big ass nigga (laughs) right and it's also (laughs) and it's also uh something else where uh you can impact people that actually are in your sessions. 
mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, well, hey, I'm out here pouring my heart out. We combing my history, my background. We going through all this, this deep, dark, personal shit. Well, should I tell you this? Should I not tell you this? And before Absolutely. you would have been more open. Absolutely. And would... so for a lot of people, you can cause them to regress back into some of their old habits because they know that shit worked. Well, also, though, it could be um, bad, like the other way where I'm like, I hope I get my shit to go viral. You know, I hope I hope she used my session. I like it. Just seemed like a, a weird thing, but anyway, she says uh, I tweet out snippets of dialogue from the session because I feel that in the therapy room only one person benefits, but on social media everyone can learn from the conversation. This was from psychotherapist and author Lori Gottlieb. Hey man, I paid you for me. Right. I didn't pay you to feel to, to heal the world. Okay, I'm gonna just need. I'm gonna need a hundred percent of. The, I didn't of, pay you to to use this as an example. Now, if I choose to come out and tell my life story right. and write my book, that's a whole nother motherfucking thing. Yeah, maybe I want to help millions of people to do that and be like do 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 do. Well, I, it's just funny because it's. it's it's like I would like a hundred percent of the benefits from my sessions. I paid for a hundred percent of the cost. These niggas getting it for free on TikTok. Well, then you know what? I'm quitting therapy. I'm joining your TikTok. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, she said the, everybody. The, yeah, the fuck I pay you hundreds of dollars a month for then. Everybody who comes into my office knows that as long as their identity is protected, they might end up in a book or podcast or social media. Yeah, man. I don't know. Everybody knows. No, everybody don't know that. No, no. And and like. Godleaf says that sharing these conversations on social media helps her client feel less alone and democratizes therapy. As long as her clients are signed, signed their informed consent, she said they won't be blindsided finding their conversation on Twitter. Here's what I have to say about that, though. Um, democratizing therapy isn't that's not really what's happening. Just because you hear about therapy, you hear some quote or something, some, you know, a two minute TikTok or whatever the fuck. It's not a replacement for therapy. It hasn't made you go to therapy. That doesn't count as therapy um, no, because you just not. heard something. Too many and then people sec- do that. They, they do that. They hear these phrases and they, I'm here. No, bitch, you ain't. You ain't setting nobody's session. You ain't talk to nobody. They ain't ask you the proper questions, but you just heard a phrase. It is not the same as therapy. And any professional therapist will, will tell you, hey, doll, unless I see your case, I cannot give you professional advice. There's a, and reason they they, there's a reason they say you can't diagnose people you haven't, like, you know, treated and shit. But but also, though, it li- the, the flowery language, listen, to it's democratizing therapy. I'm saying this so I can help more people. Yeah, but also it's helping you get 1.3 million followers. You know, like also it's helping you sell a book. Like you can't detach your own personal branding and motivations for money and shit from this. You're like, is it, it like I'll give you an example. You're not seeing people like this, like walk into like a Starbucks and just start talking to people about therapy. Like, no, I'm not getting paid for this. It's not, you know, what I'm saying? like you, like you don't just be like playing basketball on the side of court and the motherfucker just walk in and be like, I don't even want to play basketball. I'm just here to democratize therapy. Like, no, you're democratizing it in a way that makes you the president if you know what i'm saying like of the democracy <laughs> so yeah, yes like <laughs> and, and it doesn't make sense and the thing is you're using this flowery language to cover up the fact that you are basically like this and if i was your client i would immediately stop going because yeah. i'm like hey doll, hey nigga hey nigga you know what i did i signed up to talk to you i didn't sign up to talk to the world 
I signed up to sit down and have a private conversation with you. Yeah, I'm I sure some people to have a private conversation announced to the whole fucking world. I did not sign up for that, nor did I consent to it. Well, they have consent agreements now. So you may have signed up and consented to it. You might not know or or that's just the cost of have, doing therapy with these people. Like I, my thing is, if I say no, do you just not take me on as a client or do I like right. I got to find another therapist or do you say, oh, I won't share your shit with the world because I don't really see that in the article. But I just see you like, oh, yeah, we got these new agreements and they cover social media now. It's like, yeah, but what if I don't fucking want to? But, but I did. And not tell me funny. Who knows how it's written? Who knows the fine print? How big it is? Do 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 you make it crystal clear, or do you have it in the phrase of the three thousand other words on top of it? That's the question I have. Yeah, and like what somebody signed that shit and was like, I did not know. Also, what if I think it's a good idea for in session one or my first session, but then I tell you some traumatic shit that happened to me in session twelve, and I'm like, actually, I don't want you talking about that shit. You know what I mean? But I already signed you know a year ago so i guess you get to tell everybody i was assaulted or some shit because i you know who i didn't see this day coming that that we'd be talking about this um but like even this stuff isn't covering like the therapists that are out here using their the 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 denial of clients for clout too like i think that's even different than what this article is talking about where somebody's literally saying i won't treat black men and we suppose to applaud them because they're a black woman whereas i'm sure if that was a white woman saying i don't treat black men we'd be like you racist bitch and i don't really think anybody would disagree with that you know um but yeah is they also said they met the, they met in 2020 uh early tiktok therapists started gathering informally in 2020 once again none of this shit really has rules it's informal right they develop broad ethical guidelines don't offer direct relief in comments or direct messages don't break confidentiality of any kind only provide evidence-based and peer-reviewed education unless otherwise stated and refrain from giving direct therapeutic advice there was no rule book but we knew our responsibilities. We frequently hold each other accountable and support overall mission and code of ethics of each of our respective fields. That's that sounds like something that's good. Here's the thing. When I see one of these motherfuckers go rogue, I don't see the accountability. Like I don't see them responding to the accountability. Like I have seen so many people tell this woman from this week and that woman from a long time ago, Hey, this is not the best way to handle this. I'm a black woman and I'm a therapist as well. And I think what you're doing is kind of destructive and not professional. Ain't no accountability there. Cause then you got a bunch of people on social media that are just there for the fight. They support, they stand, they do whatever it is. And they think support is saying to the other therapist, you a pick me bitch. You, you an incel, you know? So like, I, I don't yeah. know that this works in the way there's, there needs to be like a governing body that says that calls balls and strikes on this kind of shit. Yes, it does. It needs to be a governing body. It needs to be, needs to be somebody that has had backgrounds and fucking degrees in this shit know the laws and what you can and cannot say and what you can and cannot do and that are current on when this shit changes somebody can swoop in and be like what you're not gonna do is this we have the right to suspend your fucking license the fuck is wrong with you don't do this because the thing is People can go rogue and do what they want to. Like you say, there's no consequence and the repercussions. Yeah, people get mad, people get angry, they might lose clients. But there, but but as far as somebody somebody actually 
you know, taking them to a board or some shit and reviewing and be like, hey, let's cover what happened. Let's cover what was said. Let's cover what was did. Let's do some real fucking investigation. Who, what, when, where, why, and how? We don't give a fuck about what they said online. What did you do? Four nurses at an Atlanta hospital were disciplined and they left their jobs in December amid backlash over TikTok content about their icks regarding new and expected mothers. Last summer, therapist... I always thought them shits were weird. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Last summer, therapist Shabri Rawls posted on TikTok that many viewers saw as criticizing the emotional intelligence of black men. After it went viral, she said she was fired from her job, face doxing and harassment. Uh, this is, a, by the way, facing doxing and harassment is what people use to like justify like you know i'm the victim here and that makes me right look at the people that harass me and obviously doxing and harassment are bad duh but um here's a here's the thing it also is kind of the why you shouldn't post it on the wild wild west of fucking places you know what i mean like why you why this like you we know that there's nobody that's gonna stop doxing and harassment because it's really fucking hard if not impossible to stop so mm-hmm. you sharing this is almost at this point what 15 20 years into social media you know you're kicking right. a hornet's nest you knew that you know so now but now it's but now we don't have to concentrate on anything that, that you did because oh no nobody should be doxing and harassing you keep in mind of course when you're on the side of doxing and harassing it's fine, you know, when it's that dude that right. was the chef. We we weren't having this conversation. It was very much like, yeah, you can dox and harass him. We don't like him, you know. Right, and also, like I said, th- those what you call the ick videos. I've always thought that shit was weird and strange. And I've been in the hospital for periods of time. Bitch, you come in with a motherfucking phone. I'm like, hey, put that motherfucker away. The fuck is this? No, ma'am, what you not gonna do is fucking TikTok dance and fucking twerk in front of my ass. Do your job. Uh, Florida therapist Eileen Glantz faced widespread condemnation in 2021 for a video criticizing clients who had trauma dump, who trauma dump in their first session. She said she lost clients due to the backlash and deleted her TikTok account amid harassment online by phoning in the mail. Yes, because your name is a fucking attached to this. If I'm your client and I come into this therapy session and I have whatever fucking trauma happened to me, this is supposed to be my space, man. It's supposed to be your fucking job, dog. Like, like, I don't think it's crazy to ask somebody, like, you have a specific job. The same way I don't want my surgeon, like, doing the fucking gritty uh, during my fucking you know, therapy, like, I, I don't think it's, this is not a crazy ask to me to be like, yo, th- maybe social media and your brand is not as important as this, you know, this is, and unlike, especially when you consider one, either A, I don't know better if it's my first therapy session, duh, or two, it's supposed to be the place where I can have this, maybe in my whole life I've been pinned up and I can finally say something in this room with you, and now I'm looking up and you're using me for content, that's crazy to me um right yeah right and and on top of that a lot of people have their in their own mind their myths and and their preconceived notions of what therapy session is so when they walk in the door they're like oh, okay i've been told i could just come here and i could just talk what well, they're doing the thing that you want a lot of clients to do which is talk because some clients you know don't always talk you have to fucking like hitting a rock to get them to open you know and so the thing is you are the professional not them 
Yeah, Walk talk- through it with them. Help them process it. That's your job. And talking with Basio a long time ago, she brought up, because she be on TikTok way more than me, and she had brought up how, like, certain mental health conditions were becoming either misdiagnosed, self-diagnosed, or uh, people were embellishing them because it was content-driven. Like, hello, mm-hmm. this is the place to go viral. This is the place to get likes and shares. So it's emphasizing certain certain behaviors and stuff that you want to put more weight on because those are the things that help you succeed there so i don't know man it's just i think people need to people need to this is bigger than just what box do you check i think right now the conversation is in what box do you check everybody Mm -hmm. wants to defend their box so if there was a black man therapist right now saying he don't take black women clients before whatever reason I think in this conversation we're seeing online, not the people who are saying you shouldn't have shared this. I think those people would stay the same and I think they're right. But there, there's a lot of the extremes on both sides. They flip. They flip sides because it's not yeah, really about this therapist and it's not really about what she yeah. said. It's more about the inter- eternal struggle and battle of the sexes within the black community that just people are, are happy to have any fodder any content for and i'm you know and i think it's just dangerous um and it's just it's gonna end something's gonna happen to somebody it's just gonna that, end that's badly my thing. this does not sound like it is going to end well it's going to be a massive lawsuit the government's going to step in like something's going to happen where it's going to be some serious crackdown because there are a lot of therapists that are out there going y'all i'm actually doing my job i'm actually doing everything right y'all out here fucking up the brand i actually have people that actually need help they're coming to you seeking help and you're actually fucking it up where by the time they get to me you i have to work twice as hard because y'all out here fucking it doing it for the gram versus doing your goddamn job yeah that's not what i'm saying i'm saying like these people are putting their personal face and business out there and you're dealing with clients that may have mental health issues and shit something is going to happen to somebody because it's fucking dangerous like number one yes. the reason therapists weren't doing this even before social media is because it's kind of fucking dangerous so it's just weird it's weird that we are joining up instead of everybody being able to agree on like yeah this is a little ethically weird we're doing the like well she can't feel unsafe what she can't it's like no who the fuck said that no you can feel unsafe and it's not tell the world and invite a bunch of unsafe niggas into your your mentions and and shit too like I don't it's, I don't know. People just be unstable. But like I said, I've been there before in my own life. So I feel like maybe it's, you know, something a lot of people go through and we just don't talk about. That's true. And you and you bring it up a good point. When you're dealing with people that are coming that are completely unstable, un, underdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, and things like that, people with a wide range of mental illnesses. And you don't know how people are going to respond to it. You don't know how people are going to react to it. Even if you're not talking about them and somebody thinks you're talking about them, it becomes right. a whole and And, and honestly, you're, yeah. And then it's so funny that this all started with, we want to get on here to destigmatize mental health. Well, you know what doesn't destigmatize? A literal stigma you're attaching to somebody just because they're black, or they're a man, or just because like, unfortunately with your type of job you can't do that it's to me it's as fucked up as if there's a doctor out there who's like you know i do uterine fibroid surgeries 
and they mm-hmm. just said, you know what? I stopped taking black client, black women clients because they be having too many fibroids. It's like there's a lot of fucking shit in the world that impacts that. And for you to come out and say that, whether like even if you just had stopped doing it and didn't tell nobody, it's kind of fucked up. But at least we wouldn't know. But for you to come out and say that, of course you got smoke. Of course you got smoke. And the only way you would think that it wasn't worth the smoke is if you were a person who thought something is wrong with black women inherently and it's okay to talk about them like that. Because any other demographic, you'd be like, you shouldn't do that. And I think, and for the record, these last couple have kind of, she said men, and but earlier she said she doesn't take white clients, which is why I keep saying black men. But people keep playing stupid. Like, why y'all say it's only black men? But... The other thing I will say, too, um, I would feel this way if it was just like if it was a a black person that came out and said, I don't take white clients. I, I, Rod Morrow, would be like, why the fuck would you say that out loud? I'm not saying you couldn't have done it. I just think it's stupid that you did like like when you get fired over this dumb shit, just understand you could have kept this one (laughs) to yourself. And I'm a nigga that talk two hours a day for a nobody living. checking your clientele. <laughs> like, like it just some shit ain't worth it, nigga. It just ain't. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like you, you either wanted it, to fight. It ain't worth the hassle. You either wanted to fight the internet or you're stupid. I there's no in between where one of the two. Internet's been around too long for you not to know this is how it works. Because I refuse to be surprised by what's happening right now. I refuse. I'm just like, yeah. So either you wanted that smoke or you just. And but you and you and because you're fighting everybody, it's hard to believe you don't give a fuck. So either you wanted that smoke or you didn't know the smoke was coming. Either way, watch out for the okie doke. It's everybody. Um, all right, let's get to yes, some please. other news. Um, first lady Michelle Obama broke down following Trump's inauguration. I cried for thirty minutes straight. Yeah, I think we knew. You know, I feel like I knew without knowing. When I saw her face at the inauguration, it was all our faces. And when she was handing him that fucking, uh, holding that cake or whatever, and her face just looked like, I, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh, but she detailed the experience on the Light Podcast, which debuted Tuesday on Audible, leaving the White House after eight years of intense scrutiny and extreme uh, excellent strides had come crashing down on the author as the family took their final trip to the presidential plane. Uh, on the presidential plane there was also the realization that trump was taking office she said when the door shut i just cried for 30 minutes straight uncontrollable sobbing because that's how much we were holding it together for eight years so i i i i believe that honey and uh because we because look if you've been around enough sisters you know the way michelle obama had that bang honey she did that shit herself. She woke up, she smacked some grease, and she pushed that shit back. She was like, I'm not spending no fucking money. You gonna get the bare minimum. I don't even know if she put on makeup that day. She was like, I don't give a fuck. Everybody looked at her going, oh, okay, this, this is what it is. So, baby, you ain't have to tell us. Everybody know. Everybody know. Cause, cause, cause we we know how you how you keep it clean and and flying with your bangs and shit. You woke up that day and was like, you gonna get this trailer twist, and I'm gonna go about my business, dog. Uh, Will Smith embarrassed. I woke up ten minutes before she had to go. <laughs> she was like, fuck that and fuck y'all. Will Smith embarrassed and hurt over Chris Rock comments in Netflix special, uh, allegedly, uh, reportedly. Now, who the fuck could the source be other than? will and jada like 
how can somebody else know that he was you know like it's i think it's their way of having a response without having a response because they know that if they respond in any way it's basically round two and queuing him up to do more shit and for the media cycle to continue he's our uh will's already banned from the oscars for 10 years um i just don't think people are going to uh so i think they wanted to get their side out there without getting their side out there, you know? Um, and so as Will is embarrassed and hurt by what Chris said about him and his family, his Netflix special, he didn't watch it. Uh, but he had people tell him what Chris said, uh, adding that Will and Jada have seen the comments about it. Uh, we apo- Will apologize to Chris and would like Chris to let it go. The source said, um, Smith reportedly feels Netflix made a distasteful move. Aaron rock special. Uh, yeah, if that's true, then I don't even know what to tell you, because if you thought this man wasn't going to get his turn to say some shit back after you fucking slapped him in front of the world, you're... Right, and you've been on a tour? Mm -hmm. Yeah, then you some type of sociopath. Like, I can't even, like, you knew this lick was coming for at least a year. (laughs) Like, just, like, I'm... Oh, shit. Uh, The fact that it wasn't... Am I back? Can y'all see me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, my power cut out for a second. Um, okay. F- yeah, something with this outlet. Anyway, but just the fact that, um, to me, just the fact that uh, Chris didn't host the Oscars, like, because that was a thing. People thought he was going to host the Os- Oscars next year. Um, and I'm just like, bro, this could have been way worse for you. Because if he would have hosted the Oscars with you not being allowed in the building and him allowed to say whatever the fuck he felt, uh, it would have been uglier. They're probably the whole fucking mm-hmm. thing would have been about this, if not, you know, a lot of skits and shit. Anyway. Uh-huh. Is it still recording? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's still recording. Out. I checked. I checked. Okay. That was like the first thing I checked was like. Okay, I wanted to be sure. <laughs> no, nah, I was scared <laughs> as hell. On my end, it just, because I, I accidentally kicked the the whatever this thing is, you know, where you plug everything in, the strip. Mm-hmm. I kicked it a little bit with my foot, and I just, my light came out for a second, and then the sound came out for a second, and then it all came back. It was less than a second, but I was like, oh, shit, did I lose everybody? <laughs> but, um... I seen it flip, because it looked like it just went black. Okay, like the light so you did see it. It came back on. I was like, wait a minute, what's happening? Yeah, I try to be careful of that, but yeah, so, um, but I, I think if you're gonna respond, is you know, you just can't do so in any official setting. And I don't think, I think, I think Will and Jada would be misreading the room to want to rehash all this shit and be the victims. Now they might do that, but while there's a certain contingent of people that feel like they're the victims of this, I would say that contingent of people mostly exist only on Twitter. Like, the vast majority of people in 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 regular ass life and within the industry feel like what Will did was completely out of pocket, and mm-hmm. he kind of violated the the rule of like, hey, when you're in the room at the Oscars, everyone gets a jab at him. Sometimes it's unfair. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. it's funny because it's they unfair. Going, this is what they do. They yeah, some joke on us. Sometimes it's accidentally right. whatever. But what we don't do is start hitting people. You know, you 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 know, if you you maybe you got a problem with somebody, you say something to them later or something. But so, 
even he knew he had fucked up. So I just don't think that just because a year has passed, they can be like, what Chris did to us was wrong. People going to be like, maybe what he did to Jada was wrong. Will you hit this man? <laughs> like, I just don't. Right. You can't tell him when the fuck to get over it. Yeah, I just don't think the public sentiment is sitting with them like that. But, you know, good luck to them. Um, but I just found that funny to be like, a source says he was very hurt. It's like, nigga, it was Will. He's very hurt. Uh, and then lastly, Drink Champs, uh, Nori, said that he never called Chris uh, Will Smith a bitch, even though uh, that's what Chris said in his stand-up. So, mm, I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, because if he said on the recording, somebody got it somewhere. But they joked and said nobody called him a bitch. Um, and then Joe Budden was the guest, and he said he didn't call him a bitch. Uh, so, I don't know. Is that maybe they just joking around and nobody did it? But also, I think you know, I don't think Chris was trying to be the most accurate in that thing i don't think jada told him specifically not yeah. to do it. i think he just made shit up so that we would be on his side when he started mm-hmm. shitting on them so um Agreed. let's see what else happened oh, oh go ahead go ahead uh, also do you, you want to talk about friday night oh shit i forgot yeah uh yeah we can talk about friday night uh after this mm-hmm. beat when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How was your Friday night? It was good. I actually had a really, really uh, great, uh, great time. Um, me and your mom went to go see uh, Janelle James at the Comedy Zone. Uh, she did four shows here over the uh, weekend. She did two on Friday and two on Saturday. And and all of them, absolutely- was, all of them were sold out. By the way. All, all, all four of them. They, mm-hmm. they had probably had been sold out. Uh, and so uh, they, I know, know they sold out quick. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and got my tickets quick, and I went ahead and paid the upcharge for the gold rank for the gold circle. And apparently, that's where you get to sit, like in the center and closer up uh, than everybody else uh, uh, does. Everybody else, you kind of get set more on the side and in the back of the club. You don't get to sit up as close. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, we went to go see her, and it was a lot of uh, of fun. We got there early, and there was already people in line. And uh, uh, we actually, because the show was at seven, show was at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. 
And so uh, your mama came and picked me up early because I was like, look, I ain't trying to find nobody's five o'clock traffic. Uh, so uh, we, she picked me up early. We rode over there. We we parked. And also, I like uh, what they did over there in, in that uh, in the area where the comedy zone is now. You remember how the the uh, that park lot used to be like gravel and shit yeah. over there? Mm-hmm. They actually paved it now, and you can actually um, you text and you can pay for your spot through a text. It's really really neat. Um, and shit like that. They got like a fancy, fancy parking deck now. It's like four or five levels. Like it's really, really nice over there. I like it a lot because I haven't been over there in years. I haven't been over there since pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so the, apparently they've actually done a lot of construction over there since then. And so um, it was uh, really, really nice. So we got there early. We was there like 30 minutes before the, the doors open up at six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, you know, telling people to be there early. So we was there like at five thirty. There was already people, you know, standing there in line. So I don't know how long those people been there. Oh, and yeah. so uh, we had a we had a, a really good time. And I'm glad we uh, went early um, and got there early and got seated close and stuff like that. And <sighs> Uh, uh, they actually feed you in the comedy zone. So uh, that's why one reason why I was like, let's get there early because we can go ahead and we can start eating and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and start drinking before it gets crowded, you know, in there. And the longer we sat there, it's like all of a sudden, you know how all of a sudden you feel like somebody slowly turned up the sound. I was like, oh, it got louder in here. And then I was like, oh, that's because they piling more people in here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we were sitting at a table, uh, we were sitting at a tabletop of four. And so it was me and your mama. And so this uh, husband and wife uh, sat with us, this black couple, and they was the sweetest. And so your mama moved over to, to sit beside me so they could sit beside each other. We had a ball. We was laughing and joking and eating and everything uh, before the uh, the show. And um, they have uh, they have like uh, uh, the MC and then they have like a middle comedian and then they have like Janelle came on last. Yeah. And uh, each person was great. Uh, the the first lady, she was she was she was funny, and the dude in the middle was fucking hilarious. Like like you said, it's, it's, it's one of those things we talk about. A comedy thing is, you know, I'm here to laugh, and honey, he was making me laugh. We had a really really good time, and he was very interactive with the crowd and things like that. He knew how to work the crowd and and kept the jokes going and stuff like that. And then Janelle came out, and it was so much fun. I've never had never seen uh, Janelle live before. This is my first time seeing her live. She is absolutely gorgeous. She is a beautiful woman. And honey, she had us shuckalucking and laughing and making jokes. Was like, ain't nobody got their phone? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was them. Yes. Well, if you're not we- listening live or you're not watching on YouTube, I just pulled up Janelle's uh, Instagram and it's her <clears throat> with. Um, the her openers uh it looks like out outsy and tara brown uh comedy um yeah, tara brown she she was the opener yeah i'm mean, not the opener but the opener and the mc yeah well no nah, that's dope man I'm, I'm i'm so glad you had a good time i'm, I'm jealous i missed it uh you know because uh, i saw when she announced the tour and i said first of all nobody ever comes to charlotte really like is, they don't. Mike Kaplan. I don't know if it's expensive or what, but they don't. Of the comedians who've done our podcast, is like Mike Kaplan, Roy Wood Jr., 
Janelle James, I, I, uh, Mike Lawrence, Mike Lawrence as well. But very few comedians get to Charlotte. Like they'll get to Raleigh, maybe, you know, Raleigh. somewhere in Atlanta, you know, but just so very rare. So to see like Janelle was even coming, I was excited. And I think I was just like, Karen, you got to get tickets to this if you, or just letting you know that, you know, you should get tickets to this. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then I know she's funny because I've seen her stand up. She's obviously done our show a bunch of times. And yes, yes, I've I've, I've seen her stand up too, and and listen to her uh, CDs and things. Mm-hmm. Not I'm old CDs, but you know her albums and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So I was like, oh, we're going to have a good time, and it was a lot of of fun just listening to her talk about her experiences and the things you know she's been going through, and her you know being newly famous and mm-hmm. things like that. So. It was uh, a lot of, of fun just to be in the room and you could feel the crowd like we were ready uh, to do uh, the show. And so uh, when I was de- trying to determine to do the show, uh, uh, nigga, we old. So the, the second show was like 945. I was like, mm, I need to be heading home. So I was like, no, we, we doing a first show on the you know, first night. Like, it's kind of like black church, too, where it's like. If you go to the early show, at least you know what time you're getting out because it's like yes. if you go to early service, you know they got to get the next batch of people with the real money in there, like nine to ten. So it's like cool, we'll be out of here. But if you go to that late service, while it might get a little more loose and you might get some extra church, uh, you don't know when you're leaving. And I think same thing with comedy, where it's like the ten o'clock show. I mean. May well, you don't know when you're getting out of there, you know. Yeah, 12 30, maybe yeah. 1 a.m. I was like, Woo, that honey, Although, I, was like, I don't I know if you mix that here with the clubbers. Well, comedy, it can be a little more fun because sometimes people get more loose in that second show, they've been drinking or whatever. But, uh, but I think any show at any time that you get to see Janelle is gonna be a great time, yes, yes. And uh, uh shout out to uh, uh Miss Smart. Uh, I was looking at the uh, menu because you know they had like a, the menu, oh, and we had some Thai chili wings that was absolutely delicious. And we had some nachos that was really, really good. And I was going to say shout out to Miss Smart. I, we was in uh, D.C. Uh, we had did the the uh, first live show with Chris and them. She had a drink called Lemon Drops. And so I remember that drink because them shits were fucking flames. And so uh, they had like this lemon drop martini. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I remember that. I want one uh, and uh, two and uh, three. And uh, so, yeah, your mama was the designated driver. I, I asked your mama, I said, you want to get a drink? She was like, I she was like, I got a job to do. I said, oh, yeah, I forget, I, I be forgetting. <laughs> you the responsible one. <laughs> you the responsible one. I ain't. So, uh, yes, please. I'll take three of these. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was lit and I had myself a great uh, time. Uh, and I, uh, 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 your mom was like, I paid for the meals. I said, no, no, no. I, I paid for the meal. So you're going to look at that credit card bill. Like what the fuck was Karen eating and drinking? So I paid for the bill. Cause I was like, no, no, you can't be paying for all these drinks. I don't charge on this bill. <laughs> so I had a ball. Cool. Um, you'll see it on the bill. <laughs> I, I saw it already. It's fine. It's, it's taken care of. Um, but, uh, and then for my Friday, um i you know of course did game theory had a good time show went well um it was it was a blast um <clears throat> and i had because we start so early in the morning on 
Friday compared to our normal day, which starts around 10 at 10 a.m. We started like 8 a.m. Um, so I and I didn't really get a lot of sleep the night before. Can't remember why, but I just didn't sleep that much. So I was just like, oh, it's fine. When the show is done, I'll come home, go to sleep. But I got a text from Chris Lamberth, a friend of the show and friend in real life. And he was like, hey, I'm uh, doing a set at this uh, place tonight. Um, you want me to put you on the list? You can get in for free and stuff. And I was like, you know, um, at first I was like, oh, I'm just going to stay in. But then I was like, you know what? Put me on the list. Maybe I'll change my mind because who knows what future rise going to be thinking. So I said, put me on the list. And, right. you know, he said, cool. Here's the address and blah, blah, blah. And that's all I knew was the spot was called Drom, D-R-O-M. And I knew it was like about a 40 minute Uber from where I was at. And I said, OK, cool. So um, I got back here and oh i went out to eat with my coworkers, um and we got like some korean fried chicken and shit and and it's like almost a tradition now after a show we'll go grab a couple bites and talk about just work and different stuff that's happening and i like that spot mm-hmm. i know that's the, the same but the same service like y'all coming every week i'll sit on the spot and normally it's pretty empty which is why i like it you know um right. but he uh so anyway we do that I come back here. I basically got like an hour and a half, two hours to chill. But I could, you know, it was like I was still I tried to lay down, but I'm still thinking about, you know, I got to be back up in a little bit and I'm tired. Right. I'm, so you really couldn't rest. Yeah. So uh, after mostly a restless laying down where I didn't sleep, you know, I, I get up, get the Uber and I go to the spot and it's a place called Drum. And it's like downstairs, like you go on the street, you walk down some stairs and it's got like one of those like, you know, uh, like it's like a cellar type of situation almost. But um, I came in and I just happened to come in right as Chris was getting checked in and making sure he was on the list. So he took care of me and made sure they knew that I was with him. He was Mm -hmm. I'm on the list because apparently this show is so popular. They had sold all the seats. And is and and it's not a big spot because nothing in New York is big compared to, to you know where we from. Yeah, compared to yeah, compared so to where we at, right? Selling all the seats basically, you know, it's like almost nowhere for me to sit. So they let me sit at the bar, like the furthest table, furthest chair, which was fine because I could still see the stage mostly and and whatnot. But I get there and sit down. I'm like, Chris, why is there a pole on the stage? <laughs> there was a whole ass pole. Like what kind of what kind of show you gonna be doing, bruh? You know, I don't <laughs> know. If, to the flow. I don't like, know if I want to get to know you this well, you? you know. But uh, he was like, "Yeah, um, it's a pole dancing comedy show." And so between Ooh. comedians, they have like a pole dancer come out, and you know, yeah. And so then I got to like kind of meet the people that run it, you know. Cause they all know Chris and they were very friendly, you know, cause Chris is interviewing, interviewing, I mean, introducing me. And he's like, you know, this is my friend Rod. He writes for game theory of Omani Jones. And some of the people heard of it. Some people didn't and all that stuff, you know? Um, and he's like, he has a podcast and you know, everybody was very friendly and stuff. And, you know, other than the people that were seating us, seating me specifically not really knowing like they was very non-committal on my seat like that was the that was the only thing that stressed me out is like first they didn't know where to sit me 
then it was like hold on and then like this the hostess had to go get the manager then the manager was like looking at chairs like i don't know maybe here maybe there i'm like okay y'all don't fucking know like if you sold right. tickets y'all don't know y'all don't have a seating chart like you don't know that there's seats open or not and so then they gave me the seat at the bar and at one point they came by later and said now look you we may you may have to get this seat, give up this seat and we may have to move you over in this other area is like a pretty cramped space where i had to sit with all these people and i didn't really want to sit there just because as a bigger person i don't want to squeeze my ass through everybody it's like if i can just sit at the bar in this one chair i'm fine with this like correct i know y'all think i might not be happy with this seat this is fine it's away from everybody i'm just fucking eating uh drinking beers and stuff none of my business and so they pay comedians and money but they also give them drink tickets and chris okay. chris wasn't really gonna drink so he gave me his drink ticket it was like if you want to get like a beer or something oh no 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 actually no the host gave me a drink ticket said if you want to have a drink or something it's on us i said oh thank you and so um you know i'm talking with chris and um you know we're just talking about life and stuff and then the show starts he's the first comedian to go up um okay. it's miley cyrus night so oh shit now all of the body um, in the usa yeah all of the <laughs> they were the, wrecking balling it all the pole dancers was getting down to miley cyrus um and uh and 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 then like i said the stand-up with was no music it was just you do stand up and so you know it's funny because it's a little bit awkward you know but around the time that right before chris went up mike kaplan comes in and I didn't know oh. Mike Kaplan was even going to be there. And so I was like, Mike, oh, my God. No, like, didn't know you was going to be there. Yeah, so we caught, caught up for a little bit. You know, it was good to see him. And, um, you know, he uh, when Chris went up, like, I think, like, Chris went up. And then when he was done, and he and he did good. He, he's been working out some, like, darker material. But it's, it's just really personal stuff that I think um, is going to be, like, great shit when when he like uh, as he polishes it and it gets even like more and more refined but he let me see a set that he put on youtube and it was just so fucking funny i was like i can't wait for him to like whenever he feels ready to put this stuff out and put it all together it's gonna be great but um so he did his set and i was talking to mike when the next pole dancer went up and then another woman went and then it was mike's turn so i got to talk to him for a while and he was like, you want my drink tickets? And I was like, sure. Like, if you're not going to use them, it's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to drink. But and, they, and he had spots to do after this because, like, that's what comedians do. They be on the grind. Like, OK, so he was coming. Then he was going to go somewhere else. Yeah. So he was like, yeah. if you want my drink tickets, you can have them. And at this point, I had like a beer because that's what you can use the drink tickets for, beer or wine. And I had like a cocktail called uh, something with poker, like poker face or some shit i don't forget what it was so. but um so i was drinking that and let me tell you these goddamn drinks i don't know if it's the drinks i had at the gin or the drinks at this bar these are the strongest fucking drinks i've ever had in my life it was like all alcohol they want you to laugh i'm it, it, well it worked everything was funny <laughs> like I, I i was a little worried i was like am i gonna have a fucking hangover some shit like because i don't don't get too like i like to get a little nice but not i don't like being out of control drunk or you know like falling down drunk or some shit 
And so I'm, but but I didn't know the drink. They was kind of sweet drinks, and I didn't know the drinks were that strong. See, you right up my alley. I like them sweet. Yeah, throw this shit up. <laughs> and so like the first one hit me, and I was like, ooh, okay, that that was a little strong. I bet you drinking water. And then uh, no, I was drinking beer and oh, no. those drinks. You don't and have so then you guys suck some water down too now. Okay, well thank. You. Oh, I was right. Let me write this down. So you gotta drink some water too. Okay, cool. Yes, I didn't know that's the old people rule. Okay, old people. So you rule. can enjoy your night. Drink some water so you can enjoy your night. Any other pointers, Doctor Karen? Um. Nope, so then, it. so then, um, uh, Mike goes up and he kills it. And um, I, you know, at this point, I've drank like another drink, and I'm just piling up beer tickets. Like he, like he <laughs> gave me. He gave me some, like Chris gave me some, uh, the, like it was crazy. And so finally, I, um, and I was sitting. And so the thing is, even though it's stand up, a lot of people are there for the pole dancing. And I don't mean it in the way that y'all think, because most of y'all are thinking like, yeah, because they want to see some titties or something. It's not like that. They're there to support their friends who are pole dancing. Like literally, some okay, of those people in the crowd are pole like, dancers. Yeah, my girl pole dancing tonight. I'm coming. I'm coming to watch her swing that pole. It's right. a big thing for the pole dancers too. It's not just the comedy. Right. And so, it was cool that uh, like you could see who was friends with who because when certain dancers go up, you see like people pull out their phones and they tell you like, hey pull out your phone, record the pole dancers, tag the club, tag them, share it on your okay, social so media. They want you to, oh, Steve, want you to promote Because I didn't know if it was going to be like, I didn't record the first dancer because I thought this might be some strip club rules in here. You start pulling out right. your phone, big ass nigga come over and be like, uh, sir, can, can I talk to you over here? And it's so, way. right. Right. So, so I didn't know the rules to me, pole dancing, stripping. I associate those in my head, but I know they're not the exact same. You know, it's like burlesque right. and stripping isn't the same. But, you know, I didn't know how much you could, if they even wanted that, you know. And my assumption was no. You know, although I did try to take pictures of the comedians on stage because I know that's fine. If you, It's not like I'm sharing a video of their joke. I'm just going, hey, Chris Lambert's on stage. Here's Mike Kaplan on stage. But um, everyone was so fucking funny. Um and the sets were tight. Like, it wasn't no, like, 20 minutes, 15, 30 minutes. Like, every set was somewhere between, like, 8 to maybe 12 minutes, it seemed. And okay. they stuck to it. Like, you didn't really see a lot of people go over anything. Mike was just a gene on, on one. You know how he is. It yeah, was. His, his mind. I, I don't even know. If I had that shit time to the second. There's almost no time to laugh in between his jokes because he's just got so many fucking jokes. Boom, 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 boom. He coming at you. Oh, my God. And, like, it's, it, he had me. My sides were splitting. Um, And then the dude in front of me at the bar pulled up the pulled up his phone and started recording uh, this woman uh, who went, like, second to last. And she did Party in the USA. And then she later came out and sat next to him. I was like, oh, that must be like her boyfriend or something. And that's when I realized like, oh, some people are just here. Like the comedy is cool, but they here to support their pole dancing friend. Because I imagine right. as a pole dancer, you don't get that many opportunities to go up. Like it's not like a everyday situation where you get to be featured right. by yourself on the stage and all that stuff. You know, I feel like especially when it comes to like with stripping and shit, a lot of people is like, this ain't stripping. Boo, you know, <laughs> so right. Um, but yeah, so then after that, uh, show was over. I made sure I got some calamari so I could soak up the alcohol, but um, I was still pretty tipsy. And Chris 
that was like, you want to go get something to eat? So we got went to this pizza place that was really good. Um, I want to say it's like Emmett's or I'm something. I'm going to say put it on the list. Um, well, Chris tagged it in on um, on Instagram, but I'll, I'll find it that way. But he, uh, so we went there, and it was kind of crowded as well. But, um, you know, it was a, a, a Friday night, so of course it was a bit crowded. But we were later than, I think, a lot of places, uh, you know, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah, Emmett's is what it's called. Um, I can show y'all a picture of this pizza that we had. Um, oh, I was I forget what it was called, but it was so good. It had like jalapenos on it. It had oh, like, like a Mexican pizza. That looks absolutely delicious. It's not Mexican. It had pepperoni, jalapenos, and it had like this sauce on it that was just off the chain, man. And the owner was real cool. He's like, um, the that's the owner right there. He took like a, a selfie with us. Uh, we like talk to him. That woman on the left, right there, Dakota was her name. Um, <laughs> like, it was funny because like this dude came up multiple times to me and Chris when we were being seated and before we sat at the bar. This random white man thought the most hilarious thing on the earth is what if me and Chris were gay? And he was like, "You guys make a cute couple." <laughs> And you know, oh, y'all do look adorable together. I'm half I drunk. Smile. I'm half drunk, so I'm just like laughing it off. And plus, I don't, I'm not homophobic like that, so it didn't bother right. me. Like I wasn't like, "What you trying to say, man?" And I think he was expecting some type of like, "Hey, man, that's my friend" or whatever. And I just kept laughing like, "Ha!" Ah. And then he, just, but he said the joke like three times. I was like, "Nigga, we get it. Do you think it's funny that yeah, two yeah, gay two sure men y'all understood? He yeah. thought it was funny." Like, I think because I wasn't offended, he thought I didn't understand the joke. I'm like, no, I get it. You think it's funny that two <laughs> I men. I didn't understand the joke. He was like, you're not offended? Of course not. Why would I be? Yeah, it would be hilarious if two men would be gay. There was nothing funnier than that. Um, right. One of the dudes had heard, uh, the bartender had actually heard a game theory. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, I'm a big fan, man. You you work on that show? I was like, yeah. Um, and oh, I know the pizza was called the hot poppy. That's what it was called. Oh. Um, and man, gosh, it was some good pizza. I almost took it home. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, but, but I told Chris to take it home. So, you know, but, um, the hot poppy was popping. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to try it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fun. Um uh and then um what was I gonna say? It was oh yeah, pepperoni, red onion, jalapenos, and then paprika ranch. That's the drizzle. Oh paprika ranch. Oh, that sounds like flames. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Flame emojis, let's go. It was. It was flame emojis. Um, and so then we like hung out, uh, and just talked. And like I said, it was cool to see the bartender like knew about game theory and he loved the show and thought it was fun and was asking questions about it and stuff. Like he was an actual, like real fan. Um, and then, uh, I forget what happened with something happened where like, I forget why I started talking to the woman next to me. I didn't talk to her a, a lot, but like she just like sat down to have like dessert or something. And um I think they uh they were introducing all of us to each other. And I think somebody mistake first it was me and Chris were covered, then it was 
you know, was this Dakota? Did we know each other? I was like, no, you know, I don't know her. It was like Rod, what's your name? You're like Dakota, cool. So then when we when we left, I think she had got up to use the bathroom or something, and I was just like, like thought it would be funny. I was like, because uh, I was already paying for Chris. I was like, I'm gonna pay for Dakota too, because she just had like wine and a dessert or something. <laughs> I was like, I like I didn't tell her, so she, you know, hopefully she got a nice surprise, but. Um, I bet she did. You know, but it That's was, sweet. yeah, it was just like a fun night out and, you know, talk to Chris about the show and how stuff is going with, with game theory and, and my stay in New York and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's just a good time. The pole dancing stuff was just crazy. Cause like these motherfuckers are super athletic and it's a, yeah, very, a lot of core strength and they're athletes. That's a lot. It's a very liberal space too. Like, you know, um, every like the audience is also dressed like they're pole dancers almost. You know, like not Let's not go. as skimpy, but there's a lot of like you gonna get this cleavage. You know, I'm gonna hit some leather pants. You know, there's a lot of freaks up in there. Um, and and then uh, it was one more thing to have in. Oh, the first pole dancer, and I'm kind of glad I wasn't recording her because she, I guess you know they probably put you in order of like most experienced, least experienced, whatever. She yeah. kind of slipped at one point on the pole and like dropped to the ground but then she tried to like play it off like she like it was oh, like no. boom it was like boom everybody's like oh and then she was like oh whatever everybody's like okay you know oh i know you hurting girl yeah you're gonna need an answer something bad yeah <laughs> yeah that pole you know, old, you know unless she's in her 20s you know adrenaline to keep you going you get about 30 or 40 you'll be like oh girl you gotta soak that and she was the first one to go too you know so like nerves and all that stuff and between pole sets they could have a person that's officially like the pole cleaner and she like gets on stage and she takes like a solution in a cloth and like goes up and down and really cleans the pole so that the next pole oh. dancer has a clean pole to work oh, with so she pole dancing she pole dancing while she cleaning yeah so it was like i said it was a very fun night i'm glad i went out you know i've Got out a few times. Had a great time. You know, I know Ray Sani was really worried about me not going out and doing stuff, even though, Aww. you know, to a certain extent, it's like I is it's not as simple as just I come home, sit down, and don't go out. It's like I have two jobs. Everybody, I don't know if mm-hmm. I can relate this to you enough. <laughs> the podcast is a job, and it means a lot to me. And I don't want to be in New York not doing the podcast at all. So, you know, while it is a dope thing to to go out and I'm happy that y'all are happy for me when you see me out, um, this is also work. So I get off of work and then I come do more work and then I'm not (laughs) at that point I'm resting to go back to work. So I work more than people think. They just think that either they think podcasting is they don't they haven't conceived of it as a job yet or they just because they don't see me at the office in game theory they don't see that as a job but nigga i'm working <laughs> yes and uh uh i think uh i think like you was tired i think it was like i think it was one day this week or last week i think it may have been this week or last week where you had uh i think it may have been last week where you had worked all day got off went to go record uh the thing with uh mike and bo and them turned around yeah did the show did the show with me mm-hmm. put it up and then you still had to do some more work on your deep dive 
Yeah. And so it was one of those things where like I did I, I did like, I did alts that morning that night before I went to bed at whatever time in the mornings because I was gonna get up in the morning and write the rest of the deep dive, which is the quickest turnaround on a deep dive we've had yet, which is literally they told me they wanna do this uh, last week and I started writing this shit with Sid and and collaborating with the news team and all this shit. Like it's it's a lot of fucking work. So you know, and it'll get less for me because I think this will be my last deep dive for the season, and then it's just gonna be outs and voice over. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. But um, but it's a lot of work for this last week and this upcoming week. It's gonna be a bit of a grind, and so I think they don't see that. They think I'm just not hanging out because I'm an introvert, which is fine. I, I am an introvert, and I don't like hanging out with just everybody and anybody. But and I don't like anybody, right? Like, and the way people hang out is just they don't know me so they don't realize the things they think are attractive aren't like they're like we can go to this club it's got strippers and loud music i'm like i don't give a fuck about that so no, so you don't want to be two feet from somebody here doof 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 hey hey can you hear me right i like some dessert poof Exactly. My voice is not booming enough to do that shit. Right, you gotta yell. I want to be at a spot where it's chill, where the music ain't trying to like drown me into drinking. You know, where but (laughs) but 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 I still had a good time. It's just you know like I recognize that I can only do the clock is ticking on you when we start doing shit like that. That's all it means. Mm -hmm. Like it matter it yeah, don't mean i love you class. less or anything like I, hanging out with bossy and ray was so fun and i loved it but it's a it's a cool cool spot it's got hip happening music it's kind of loud i'm feeling like i'm having to like talk louder than i normally am and by the end of the night i came back and slept like a baby because i'm like that was a lot to yeah, me you had, yeah you had maxed your level out yeah yeah, and 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 and, and everybody is uh, uh, different, you know. For some people, that gives them energy. For some people, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a bad me. thing. It doesn't mean anything is wrong with that. Yeah, like, I, like when I went to Drunk Black History and Ray was like, "Come with us, we can go to another club." I'm like, "Nigga, this was it. That was it. Yeah. I worked, and then I did this thing, and I got to work in the morning. These is all the people that. This is all the people that are going to be involved in this transaction. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you go. If I if I continue on, tomorrow ain't happening. Yeah, so I you love. Know what I need to do take it to the house. I loved when Jess Wood came by the the Airbnb. I love when Ray came by the Airbnb. Like, I love mm-hmm. that because I really could yeah. get to talk to them. When Nicole came by the Airbnb, like, I know it's not for a lot of people the most lit shit, but I'm like, nah, it's it's more fun to get to talk to you and really catch up on your life and not have to order yes. food in between or you know or you know worry about like how loud the song is or constantly be like distracted by each like thing that's happening in the room so yeah it felt it felt really like i've enjoyed these times i'm not knocking them like but but it's just yeah. it's also been draining so when you don't see me out just know i'm somewhere recharging my fucking batteries um yeah that's what it is it's it's a it's a re it's a recharging thing and and uh, me being an extrovert, I had to understand introverts because I don't understand that because I'm not an introvert. So, you know, people actually give me energy. Then my energy level does not go down. And so, you know, for me, I'm going, what do you mean? People drain you. And you're like, hey, people drain me. Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, so it I, literally I, took me a while to kind of, I trying to understand that concept. I thought I understood it. I was like, oh, it just means you got to charge and then go back out. Well, well, I can go like the energizer button. You're like, no, 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 we need a break. Let me rest, and then I'll be ready to go again. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then um, also, when I got back in, because I had been drinking, I guess, 
because I I was you know as soon as I got back in I knew I was just gonna lay down I just like it was mm-hmm. like I just told Chris you know I, Chris drove me back like it was so nice of him to do that I thanked him for that oh, that's um, sweet. you know yeah like I I had a great time I just I really appreciate him I appreciate Ray I appreciate Bossy mm-hmm. um, you know like it's been so fun that you know to go out and stuff. Um, you know, even and I try to, and, and that's the thing. I do try to make my schedule work. Like if somebody really does ask me to do something, I don't just like shoot them down just to be like, man, fuck you. Like it's I really do like okay if I can make this work on Wednesday, I'll try. You know, but um and but 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 with all that being said, like it was definitely like a uh, uh, a thing where when I got home Friday, I was so tired. I fell asleep, and apparently, like I woke up. And I'm not. I have a fan in here that can tell the temperature, because um, I need a fan. Because I get, I need air moving, and I need, mm-hmm. uh, I need to be cool where I'm at. And I know right. it's New York and it's cold compared to other places, but like I need like a little bit of a breeze. So I'll open, crack a window or something. Man, I wake up, I look over at that fucking fan, and I swear to God, it says something like. 50 degrees, 40 degrees. I said, well, what the fuck? Ooh, that place is freezing. I'm like, it's got baseboard heating, so the air conditioning can't even make it that cold in here. It can make it cold in one spot. <laughs> if you stand right next okay. to it, it's cold. And that's you go it. Five that's feet the away. Five feet away is whatever temperature like, it is. It's fifty. What's happening? Five feet away is whatever temperature it is outside. And so I... Uh, walk I, I i so i'm freezing i look over and i'm like is it like eight degrees outside again because i know that that could make it freezing inside if it's eight degrees outside and i left a window open and i didn't know it was gonna be eight degrees and i obviously was drunk so i didn't register i didn't look at the weather before i went to bed i just went to bed but i look at the at the little google clock thing i got and it was like 37 degrees. I'm like, well, that don't make no fucking sense. And so I closed the window. I closed the other window. I turned on the heat. And I'm sitting in here and I'm freezing. I'm just like, it's still fucking cold. What the fuck is happening? Am I like, is this how the COVID starts? You think you got the chills and, and or something? I don't know. What's happening? Man, I looked up. I left the balcony door open. I don't even remember opening the balcony door. What the fuck could have happened? (laughs) You're trying to cool all outside. I I honestly don't. I don't know. Like maybe when I took my my clothes off or something, I did. I don't know. I don't know what happened. (laughs) But I was in this bitch looking like. That door had opened sometimes and didn't get shut apparently, huh? I was in this bitch looking like I need to get thawed out. Like, like you gotta throw me in the fridge before your mama get home. Throw me in the free in the uh, kitchen sink. And so, yeah, I figured once I closed the door, it immediately the temperature went back up and shit. But man, I was like, God, I was drunk. I don't remember. <laughs> you know what was going I on. I definitely don't remember that. <laughs> I remember getting home. I remember talking to Chris. I don't remember if I ate. I I think I was just so tired I just went to sleep and but yeah that was my Friday night and that's our segment called How was your Friday night guys brand new segment um <laughs> brand <laughs> new segment let's, well y'all know that we had a ball and it end, and it ended with us both being lit <laughs> let's uh wrap this and, uh, let's oh go ahead I'm sorry go ahead mm-hmm. go ahead 
I was just gonna say. Uh, oh, I was, I was go-, go ahead, go. Okay, no, I was I was gonna say. Uh, uh, me and uh, I'm going to the Hornets game uh, later on tonight, and I get to go with Layla. I'm excited. I'm excited for this you to go be my, too. Uh, her first time. Make sure y'all her take first a time going with me. Send me so a I'm, selfie. I want I want to see y'all enjoy it. I want to okay. see her enjoy the uh, you know, the luxuriousness of the other of the uh, box seats and stuff. I feel like that's gonna be dope. Yeah, I get to floss in front of my niece, so I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited uh, uh, about it. Normally, you know, it's hard because a lot of the games are, like, late. She got to go to school. She's in high school. So, you know, we don't want her to be out. You know, you got to go on the school night in the middle of the week. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're not late, late, but uh, it's, it put out that, yeah. that bitch is late when you got to get up at 5 and 6 in the morning. That late. Yeah. Well, I hope y'all enjoy it. Um, I was going to mm-hmm. do a little guest race, but I guess we can start wrapping this up. Um, I'm sure we can. Uh, all right. Okay, you know. All right, fuck it. Let's do some guest race and then we'll wrap it up, everybody. Yay! Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time to guess the race. 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 All right, guess the race time. You know what it means. We go around the globe, find different articles, guess the race of the people involved. Karen in the chat room try to guess who they are. And, um, you know, sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes they're just racist. I mean, there's really no other way to put it, guys. Sometimes (laughs) your faves are problematic, and that's what happens in this segment. All right, let's go with the first one. Detroit rapper sentenced to four and a half years for tax fraud scheme. A federal judge, mm-hmm. a federal judge has sentenced a Detroit woman to more than four years in prison for her role in a scheme to defraud the Internal Revenue Service and six states out of twenty-eight million dollars in tax returns. What? Yeah. U.S. Don't attorney fuck with the white man's money. U.S. Attorney Don Eisen's office announced Friday that U.S. District Judge Linda Parker sentenced 42-year-old Samira Morell to four and a half years behind bars and three years on supervised release. Eisen's office said Morell pleaded guilty January 23rd to mail fraud, wire fraud, and committing an offense on bond. She was half of the Detroit rap group Deuces Wild. According to court records, Morell and accomplices filed 122 false claims for income tax refunds with the IRS. They was claiming everybody Ooh. kids. <laughs> what? They also claimed it in multiple states, Minnesota, Georgia, Maryland, Arizona, Connecticut, and Colorado. Goddamn, they're doing the different area codes. You you ain't think they, they ain't think somebody eventually is gonna be like, hey, what's <laughs> happening here? Multiple states out. This this become a federal crime now. Yeah, they must have been claiming kids in every state. You know, uh, I got kids and I got kids in different area codes. Um, mm-hmm. The claim sought roughly $13.7 million from the IRS and $14.7 million from the states. Neither Morrell nor her accomplices were entitled to these refunds. The Department of Justice said 
Uh, on Friday, the false filings were for income tax returns for estates and trusts and claimed that the IRS and state tax agencies withheld large amounts. The DOJ said in the news release, upon investigation, the IRS and state agencies found that they did not withhold any amounts from the trust. The IRS and the states paid out $8.5 million combined before the claims were discovered to be fraudulent. Uh, Did this happen in the Trump era? I could see some bullshit like that happening because you know, when nobody watching shit. Well, when did Trump take office? Because it said 2014 to 2022. So it sounds like some of this is two of, two of these years is, is Biden. And then 2014, I think. You mean Obama? No, no, no. Because 2020 was when Biden took office. And they were doing this even in 2022. So two of those are Biden years, and then 2014, two. So for 2014, 2016, that was Obama year. So they was just gang. They was gangster the whole time. They didn't care <laughs> through all three of the presidencies. Mm-hmm. It was like fuck it. Um. So she owes over seven point nine million dollars in restitution, reduced from eight point five million at the federal judge governed that seized money, cars, and jewelry from her dirt from her. Oh, they so they said we did seize some money. We're gonna count this towards your restitution, but it was only, only it was only uh, six hundred thousand dollars worth of shit. So you still owe us almost eight million dollars. Um, she had failed to contact. Everything she got depreciated. <laughs> yeah, they said you know what when you bought it's that. Like, come on, spend your money wisely. When you bought that Maybach, it might have been worth uh, uh, seven hundred thousand, but two years later, uh, you're not getting all that credit. Uh, so uh, she had failed mm-hmm. to contact court officials since July. Skipped the court hearing in late October, during which she was expected to plead guilty to wire fraud in a case involving large. In a case involving large bank accounts, an unsuccessful hip hop career, and millions of dollars that bankrolled fancy cars, jewelries, and homes. I, it's crazy how many people want to start oh, being a rapper. An unsuccessful hip hop career. They was like, because if you were successful, you would have paid us. <laughs> yeah, hold on a sec. I'm going to refresh. I think it was a delay. Sorry, everybody at home. I was, feel like either we're talking over each other. Or I'm talking normally. Delay. He's like, huh? What? Who? Y'all see what happened? I thought that New York internet was supposed to be better. It might be your internet being slow because you don't want to seem like it's a delay, not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm, I'm, you talking and I'm course. responding. Of course. Um, but anyway, the fugitive drama unfolded 18 months after prosecutors unsealed a case charging Morell and rapper partner Noel Brown of Romulus with aggravated identity theft, false claims, and conspiracy. Um. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she failed to uh, maintain contact with the officers when a pretrial service officers visited the rapper's wig shop in Oak Park in October. He found an empty. He found an empty storefront. Oh shit! So she was like, "I feel like we've covered this before." All these details sound familiar to me. You know what? That free- wig shop sound familiar. I, I didn't yeah. know until we got to the wig shop. Free space. I think this this is black guys. Free space. I- okay, that's that's that, that's free space. Okay, yeah. we got a free space, y'all. Free space. Yeah, I take that free space. Let's go to the next one. Um, let's see. How about uh, uh, a Florida man survives a hurricane by floating on a sofa for two and a half hours? God damn! What was that sofa made out of? <laughs> Ikea, Renaissance, I don't know. Um, but yeah, his name is David Dean. Um, it was Hurricane Ian. 
He said, I found myself about three or four in the afternoon floating on the sofa with my head just above the ceiling fans, 18 inches below the ceiling. I was gasping for air. As the water rose, he planned for the worst and exit route. Uh, From that point, uh, it was going to be trying to get out the door, hold on to a palm tree or something. The water was very cold. I was shivering. It was pretty horrific. For about two and a half hours, I was bobbing in the water and couldn't touch the bottom, and I was just waiting for the storm to pass. Uh, As the storm uh, passed, the neighborhood became eerily quiet. This is the home for hundreds of retirees, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now they're just talking about the neighborhood. Um, No fatalities have been confirmed, okay, but dozens have been confirmed dead across Lee. They don't say how he got out. He said that the presence of authority here is humbling and reminded this could have been even worse. I'm hoping they didn't find anybody, but by and large, you'd rather not know. Well, they almost found you, man. You tried to ride this thing out. Well, guess the race, Karen. I'm going uh, white. Mm. And I said, hey, I want to know what was that? What was that made out of? And bitch, I had to take a nap and then wake up a few feet from the ceiling fan because I'll probably be chopped to pieces because, you know, I still Well, the ceiling fan doesn't. Shit. The ceiling fan was probably off, Karen. If there's water flooding the house, there's probably no electricity. <laughs> so, pretty sure he was okay on that front. Uh, so, what race did you say? White. All right, chat room. This is a white man, possible white man, white. That good IKEA couch, white, white Tom, Jerome Hanks, how short? Okay, white, real wife Homer, white couch potato, white. The correct answer is, and everyone said the same thing, and everyone got it correct. They he was white. Another reason how I knew he was white. How? Because at no point in the article did he not say he couldn't swim. Wow. Boom. <laughs> That's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to the bonus round. We already gave you a free space and we got something to do after this. So um, let me uh, do bonus round for guest the race. It's time to guess 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 the race. All right. A nurse on OnlyFans has revealed that her employers dismissed her because they felt like she was a distraction to her coworkers. The influencer said on a TikTok video that her employers let her go after learning that her coworkers were viewing her, her social media accounts while she was at work. The OnlyFans performer said in a subsequent video she intends to file a lawsuit over her termination. She also discussed her decision to continue working as a nurse while simultaneously managing her OnlyFans page because the income from the adult social media platform varies greatly. Uh, I mean, well, that part, her having an OnlyFans is not that crazy to me. I do want to know what she does on her TikTok. Because is she one of them TikTok nurses that's doing the gritty while you fucking coding out? Yes. See, I hate motherfuckers be dying on me on the table. What is? <laughs> We're not going to do this. No, you don't deserve this job. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the influencer goes by the name Jay Lynn shared in a TikTok video for her fans that her former place of employment was a nursing home where she took care of individuals who required assistance with daily lives. As per her dismissal from her work place of work, she revealed that the nurses often browse her social media OnlyFans account while she was out attending to residents on the nursing home. This made her employers send in one of their female representatives to relieve her of the job. I also want to know, like, what were, how did they find out about your OnlyFans and your TikTok? Because, like, if they found out because they were Googling you or something, I feel like, you know, that's that's kind of weird. and not Not weird, but, like, that's not fair that you got fired for that. If they found out because you was over there doing the bus it challenge, is that uh you was doing the bus it challenge or some shit, then I feel like that's on you if you was on the clock and they just they know because you made it hard for them not to know. You know, he's talking about some hey, baby. They're like, ma'am, ma'am, no, right. we can't be doing this. Right, exactly. Like if you and Big Groove was dancing through the lobby of the of the cafeteria, with no music in y'all ears, we can't have y'all doing this. You over there squeaking and shit with your headphones in your ears. I feel like <laughs> you got fired for calls. Right in front of right in front of patients. No, you can't do that. She said that she can't have that happening every time that I work, so she has to let me go. The influencer recounted, adding the main reason for letting me go is that they need a job more than I do. Like they paid me for my site so they all could see and look at the they paid for my site or her OnlyFans. So they all could see and look at the nurse station while they're on the clock. Um what you shouldn't you be happy to have the money? In the f- comment section on the clip, fans and inf- of the influencers slammed the actions of the nurse at home, uh advising Jalen Sue for damages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of course, they're your only fans. Of course, they're going to be on your side. It's in the title. Yeah. They wouldn't be doing that job or not. They were like, listen, they shouldn't have fired you for that. Um, can, you stick that can you stick that stethoscope in your pussy real quick? Um, I mean, but yeah, it's very unprofessional that they got rid of you. On the fan, one fan said it's 110% a lawsuit, no question asked, unless it specifically says something in the code of conduct for that employer. Another follower wrote, get a lawyer, you can 100% sue for wrongful termination, you will win, it's illegal to fire you for that. Now, what's interesting is that I didn't cover this article when it happened, which is in like last year, and all the Instagram posts that were up are down. So I don't know if she deleted them or what. So... Possibility, you be like, okay, I don't want this shit to happen again. Let me just go ahead and erase every every. Let me just screw up everything, so I don't have to deal with this. Yeah, I don't even see her her TikTok account on here anymore. So it makes you wonder: mm-hmm. Did she win? Did she lose? Like, what exactly was was happening? Uh, it looks like she go by Playgirl Jaylen. I'm trying to see if she's even still on here. Um, yeah, she even still on OnlyFans. Uh, so it looked like she still has an account, but she must have took that shit down. So yeah, I don't know. I see her not wanting to fuck up her income. It, like you know what, it's it's too inconsistent. It ain't worth it. Yeah, and she might have just got a whole nother name. Like you know, just like fuck it, I just scrap all this shit and just got a whole nother. Yeah, account. it actually looks like more people are talking about her than her. And like one of her main videos that you see when you search her name is. When you live a double life and it's her dressed oh, it's her dressed in her uh clothes for work. So um and then dressed okay, into her see. like stripper outfit. So like ah it's 
Just one of those ones. Yeah, I can man. see them going and be like, you can't be in your uniform, dog. Like, nah, you nah, you can't, you got you got to be stripper only when you're doing this. You can't have us out here in yeah. your uniform with your name tag on. And I don't want to tell y'all how to spell Jet, guys, because obviously we're playing guest the race. Uh <laughs> Jesus, cheater much. Um, but uh <laughs> guess the race of Jalen, Karen. Nice no, spell. It's spelled. It's spelled J A E L Y N, guys. But go ahead, Cash. I'm going. J J Lynn is mm-hmm. white. All right, chat room. No, white. No. Oh. J Lynn black. Okay, Cash going black. I mean, we do have a lot of RNs in the community. Uh, white, black, white, very mixed in the chat room. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. White as a fetish leather nurse out uniform. Uh, we've come full circle on this episode. Asian, white like the snow I'm looking at. The correct answer is, I believe she is white. Oh, so Karen, you missed it. And of course, some of you got it right. And that's her. Definitely, yeah. She's white. Yeah, she's mixed. She's really, really light skinned. Yeah, I think she's white. Um, Me too. You know, but yeah, look at her. This is her video she put up, and it's her talking about like when you had two jobs. This is her in the nursing uniform. Yeah, you yeah. Can't I see mean, that like I said, I'm not. I, God, I don't want to sound like a fucking prude, but I'm just saying like there is like we do live in a world we know everybody's not like down with this, right? Like when. You know what I'm saying? Like, where where people might, I mean, I guess if this is your cause or whatever, but you are on the cutting edge of the cause if your whole thing is like, listen, I be having my titties out and I don't see why that would be an issue for me as your lawyer or whatever. Like, okay, but the, the world's not there yet, right? And this right. is crazy. Every video I clicked on except for the this one is from someone talking about her. You know what I mean? Like it's someone else saying their thoughts on her or something. Yeah, she basically has scrubbed herself away. Yeah, because she want to work. Yeah, I don't. I mean, look, I don't feel like she shouldn't be allowed to have a job or agree any of that stuff. But yeah, it's just apparently whatever's happening is just everybody making her content of their content. Like, I'm. What is they what even talking about? It is? It's officially fat guy season. So all you thin ass pizza crust ass motherfuckers can set the fuck down. Okay, so it's just oh, shit. she had a video saying she's in the fat guys. And I picked and then someone tagged it or something. Man, I don't understand TikTok. I'm just there to call people. Oh clones. shit, she definitely white. She she didn't say comfort season, so yeah, this white. Yeah, yeah. At least she wasn't trying to do like black people dances, you know? Small miracles. Yeah, at least she's honey, honey, she honey, she stuck to it. She was like, listen, y'all want to see these titties. Yeah, he's going, you give love a bad name. Yeah. That was she, that was, she's dumping too. She definitely wants some sugar poured on her. All right, just like. Come on. Just like, some sugar on my. That's just, what she listening for. Just like y'all do with y'all grits, you nasty sons of bitches. All right, last oh, thing. Let's off? talk about sword ratchetness so we can get out of here.
All right. A man has been sentenced for fatally stabbing his mom and grandma with a sword. Oh, shit. He got a two for one. What is happening here? Yeah. Um, he, he, uh, his name was Kevin Hodges. He received separate 25 year sentences Friday for the I'm, December 26th. white. Is, I don't have a picture, but December 26, uh, 16 deaths of 56 year old Rebecca Hodges and 76 year old Dorothy Bradshaw, but he will serve the terms concurrently. Uh, he pleaded guilty to aggravated manslaughter on both counts. Um, they suffered multiple stab wounds. He was found a block away from the home, covered in blood, and admitted to being high on PCP oh, at the time. Okay. I gotta say, PCP got the worst advertising of any drugs. Maybe, Don't maybe, know. maybe meth is number one, but PCP like on his neck. It's right there. On his neck. It's right there, cause like, man, PCP be having the most like of the of the police reports of the most like. God damn, I don't ever want to do that. You know, ever like yeah, it made me stab my mom and my grandmama. I thought I was fighting the Ninja Turtles. You're like, God damn, who wants to ever get this high? There's no feeling in the world worth this. <sighs> All right, y'all, that's it, man. Thanks for listening. We'll you know once again play it by ear this week. It may be a busy week because I may be working on this deep dive more. Um, like like I said, the turnaround on this shit is a lot faster, but. It might be a light week. Uh, it might be, you know, I hand it off to Zach. He's the head writer. He starts doing his thing and 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 boom, you know. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, your boy's out here doing his thing. And, uh, you know, and Karen, I hope you enjoy the game. I'll be watching it on TV. And look out for y'all behind the paywall on What's the T. You may see a couple familiar faces over there. All right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Until, until next time, I love you. I love you too. Mwah. Mwah.